Hello, this is Dr. David Friedman, host of To Your Good Health Radio. We've all heard this saying, you are what you eat. But what if you could eat to beat disease? Joining us today is Dr. William Lee. He's compiled scientific evidence behind over 200 health-boosting foods that can starve cancer, reduce your risk of dementia, and beat dozens of avoidable diseases. Stay tuned for this powerful, life-changing segment on how you can use food as medicine to reach your optimal health. Don't go anywhere. It all starts now. It's To Your Good Health Radio with number one best-selling author and renowned wellness expert, Dr. David Friedman, changing lives just for the health of it. Our next guest is an internationally renowned Harvard-trained medical doctor, researcher, and president and founder of the Angiogenesis Foundation. His work has impacted more than 50 million people worldwide and has led to the prevention, treatment, and even reversal of many life-threatening diseases. His TED Talk, Can We Eat to Starve Cancer?, has been viewed over 11 million times. His television and radio appearances include The Dr. Oz Show, Martha Stewart Live, CNN, MSNBC, NPR, and Voice of America. He's a globally recognized thought leader and has spoken before the Vatican and to leaders at the U.S. government, the European Union, and the World Health Organization. Welcome to the show, Dr. William Lee, author of the New York Times best-selling book, Eat to Beat Disease, the body's five defense systems and the foods that could save your life. Welcome to the show. Well, thank you, Dr. Friedman. It's a pleasure to be on. Oh, it's so great to have you with us. Now, medical doctors usually promote drugs to prevent and treat disease. Share with us what motivated you to write a book, Eat to Beat Disease. Well, I am a medical doctor, internal medicine uh, specifically, and, uh, you know, it was my training that led me to write this book. So for the last 20-some years, I've been doing what I was trained to do, which is to diagnose disease and chase the disease to try to cure them with medicine, prescription. And, you know, I've seen the power of what that can do, but I started to realize that almost all of my patients asked me what they could do for themselves, especially when they came up, were diagnosed with something serious like heart disease or cancer or, you know, something um, uh, equally uh, um, debilitating. And I realized that I was never trained or taught to have that answer. In other words, the medical doctors are not taught nutrition. And so... I felt that was wrong, and that set me on this journey to really undertake and use my research background. I'm also a scientist to try to figure out how do we have an updated view on the science behind food. And guess what? What I discovered was that when it comes to food and health, it's not just about the food. It's about how our body responds to what you put into it. And so that really brought me to really want to present to people this idea that we can eat to beat disease not by only avoiding things that are not good for us, but by leaning into our diet to choose things that can activate our body's own health defenses. Right. And I know your book's not considered a, quote, diet book, but rather a healthy, excuse me, healthy eating guide. And you have created this five by five by five blueprint. Tell us about that. Right. Well, so, you know, most books about food and health are diet books, which is basically a one size fits all rigid plan. You got to follow it or you fall off the wagon and it's not going to work. And it's mostly about weight loss. My book's different because what I realize is that everyone's different, and yet everyone has the same health defenses. In other words, health is not just the absence of disease. It is the result of our body's hardwired defense systems that are firing on all cylinders to protect us from the time we're born until our very last breath. And so what I wanted to be able to do is to look at the evidence, 
that allows us to choose from more than 200 different foods, including some really delicious foods, that will allow us to adapt our own preferences. So, you know, not what I want people to eat, but what people like to eat themselves. Because if you actually start with what you like that's healthy, you're already way ahead of the game. So the 5x5x5 plan is really something simple, which is that we've got five health defense systems, uh, our circulation, our stem cells, our microbiome, our DNA protection mechanisms, and our immune system, all important. Um, and if you choose five foods every day that act- activate those systems, in other words, five defense systems, one food for every one of those defense systems every day, and on average, we encounter food about five times a day, breakfast, lunch, dinner, a couple of snacks, five by five by five, a simple way to select for more than 200 foods, and it works for anything, whether you're on keto or on Atkins or on a Whole30 or Paleo, you can still choose from this gigantic um, a bucket of foods that all are supported by scientific evidence. It makes it possible for everyone to do it in a sustained way. That's great. And I know you've listed quite a few foods that can help fight disease and in some cases reverse it. If I'm curious, if you had to pick your top three health-enhancing foods, you're on a desert island, you only have three, what would you pick? Is there a top three? That's a great question. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'll, I'll tell you the things that I, I, I found to be really important because there really isn't a real top three. But the things that strike me, for example, mm-hmm. uh, in, in my research is soy, right? So, uh-huh. you know, um, there's been a lot of confusion over soy in recent years. Some people are uh, believe that soy has a plant estrogen that causes breast cancer. And we do know that human estrogen actually can activate some forms of breast cancer, but it turns out that the plant estrogen in soy, the soy estrogen, is nothing like human estrogen and, in fact, can counter it. And the study of more than 5,000 women show, who already have breast cancer showed that those who ate more soy um, had a lower mortality, about a 30% less chance of dying, and actually a 30% chance less of, of having the cancer come back. And so there's clinical evidence, human evidence, that this works. And what I like about soy is that there's so many different forms of it. you got tofu, tempeh, miso, you know, you name it. The only thing I tell people to do is be very careful about the ultra-processed soys that you can find, you know, kind of as filler uh, in right. regular foods. So go for the whole foods. That's one of the big surprises. Oh, wait a minute. I'll tell you one additional thing. From the human studies, how much soy do you have to have? It's just 10 grams of soy a day. That's uh-huh. about the amount of soy you get in a glass of soy milk, so not really a lot. That's one of the foods that I would actually say right. um, I would uh, definitely recommend. And is GMO an issue, or is there a good kind of soy that you recommend? Right. Well, so, you know, I guess, you know, closer to the whole plant is really good. The whole issue about GMO is, you know, still very much, you know, a matter of debate. Although, I think increasingly what we realize is that uh, crops grown with pesticides actually recently even was shown to potentially confer antibiotic resistance bacteria to us because of the pesticides that they're exposed to. Right. And so, you know, if you want to get GMO free, just look for that label that says organic, because if it's got the USDA label of organic, it cannot actually be genetically modified. Right. So that's what I would go for, uh, for sure. Yeah, let me ask you, a real popular diet trend right now is this anti-lectin movement, which labels several foods as being bad for us, including beans, eggplant, and tomatoes. I see beans and tomatoes on your list of top healthy foods. Help set the record straight. Uh, why shouldn't we be afraid of eating these lectin-containing foods, which people are saying are poisonous? <laughs> Right. Well, you know, actually, a second food I was going to mention that would be my favorite are tomatoes. I love tomatoes. Tomatoes are really good for uh-huh. us. And first of all, let me just give you the real human evidence first. 
Um, this is a study of about um, uh, 36,000 men over 20 years showed that men who ate more tomatoes as cooked tomatoes, about two to three servings per week, uh, each serving being about uh, the uh, half a cup, so think about half a cup of pasta sauce, tomato sauce, Right. Um, uh, twice a week had a 30% lower risk, 29% lower <laughs> risk of developing prostate cancer. Okay. Wow. And so this is human evidence. It's obviously not causing more problems. It's causing, it, it actually benefits you by having less disease, in this case, prostate cancer. So let me clear up the record, um, of, of sort of like what is the good stuff in tomatoes? It's actually lycopene, which is a natural chemical found in the skin and in the meat. Um, there has been, News reports about, you know, the, the, the danger of lectin. And, you know, I'm a research scientist, so I will tell you, I've studied lectins in the laboratory. Lectins are not one compound, one chemical. There are hundreds of different types of lectins. And it is true. There are some lectins that are actually quite dangerous for you, but guess what? They're not in the foods that we eat. And so I think that, you know, um, in the, you know, well-intentioned people try to cobble together very complicated science and come up with a simple explanation. And I think the confusion about tomatoes and beans and lectins is one, you know, where um, uh, sort of a, a very complicated subject got overly simplified and then tagged with a harmful label. Um, that doesn't do anybody good to, to be confused. I would say look for the scientific evidence, which actually right. shows that people who eat tomatoes actually do better. Mediterranean yeah. diet is an example. Uh-huh. Yeah, speaking of Mediterranean, you know, they're into the, the olive oil, but I've had a lot of plant-based diet experts say olive oil is a contributing factor to heart disease, and yet Mediterranean diet, that, that's a lot of olive oil and a lot of the, um, the uh, tomatoes you just mentioned. So what's your opinion on olive oil? Uh, right. So again, I, I really do look at what do we find in people, not theory, what do we find in uh, population studies or in clinical trials. Right. Mediterranean diet, which is rich in olive oil, is beneficial. And when you actually study olive oil itself, we know that if you have too much of anything, it's not good for you. Saturated fats or polyunsaturated fats, you know, um, an excess of fats uh, is, is not good for you. On the other hand, when you compare saturated fats, which is found in red meat, to unsaturated or polyunsaturated um, fats like in uh, uh, olive oil, monounsaturated fats, I can tell you that olive oil actually lowers inflammation. It actually stimulates and activates your body's stem cells. It can cut off the blood supply, feeding cancer, protect your DNA, and activate your immunity. Those are the five health defense systems that I, you know, that I was referring to earlier and I write about in my book. And so I think in moderation, and by the way, what's moderation? It's about three tablespoons of olive oil. Not a lot. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so, uh, you know, more isn't more, even though people tend to think of that way. I think um, a moderate amount of olive oil in a healthy diet, like a Mediterranean or even an Asian diet, actually lowers the risk of disease. That's what the science shows. Yeah, and that's uh, my sentiments exactly. So uh, you're debunking some uh, great myths. There's one other I got to throw out. I, I know most people consider bread as the worst food to eat when it comes to good health and losing weight. And you list sourdough bread on your healthy eating list. Tell us why this particular bread receives the get-out-of-jail-free card. Right. Well, I'll tell you, there's actually two breads that get the uh, get out of jail cards: uh -huh. sourdough and pumpernickel. And okay. I'll tell you why. Basically, bread does have you know carbs in it, um, and some people you know, and it's made with flour. And some people are uh, are gluten intolerant or have celiac right. disease. So, people that are really you know need to avoid carbs or need to avoid gluten um, uh, really should you know be very careful about bread. And yes, 
like anything else, too many carbs is bad for you. But let me tell you the benefit of all breads um, uh, that uh, what sourdough has. Sourdough is actually made with a bacteria called Lactobacillus ruteri by the baker. And what this Lactobacillus does is it actually secretes lactic acid, which gives that tangy flavor. You know, the people who love sourdough, I love sourdough, get that nice tangy flavor. And it turns out that very same bacteria, Lactobacillus ruteri, has been shown in research studies done at MIT, and I've also been involved with these research studies to boost your immune system, speed up your body's ability to heal wounds, actually reduce the risk of, of tumor development in the laboratory, uh, and it actually helps to, uh, it's actually part of our healthy gut microbiome, which everybody's heard about, which is important for lowering inflammation, controlling your blood pressure, helping our body process lipids, and lower blood sugar um, as well. So, what about, you know, so so you have a bread made with this healthy bacteria, right. and it's put in the oven, so it's baked. Um, and some people would say, well, the oven's going to kill the bacteria. Well, guess what? Research has shown that even fragments of this bacteria actually will do the job, the good, the give the good stuff for you. And so that's why, you know, if you're going to have bread, I choose, if I have bread, I choose sourdough as an example. It's a good mm-hmm. choice, not too much, um, moderation. And then pumpernickel is actually made with, um, rye flour, which, um, actually has a chem- natural chemical in it that lowers the amount of toxic bacteria in your gut. So here's an example of a, another bread that is made with a substance that naturally can kind of um, tame your gut microbiome to get rid of the bad guys and try to get more good guys in it. Again, um, you know, eating too much of anything is not good. Right. I'm not telling people to go on, you know, bread-only diets. But if you wanted to eat bread, if you like bread, these are two that actually yeah, have some good awesome. things about them. That's great. Great info. I see beer on your thumbs up list. Tell us why people shouldn't worry about getting that dreaded beer belly. Why is beer on there? Or did I misread that? <laughs> well, no, no, no. So, you know, in my book, I put more than 200 foods. And yeah, you get the leafy green vegetables, you right. get the fruits, all the things that you would, you know, kales in there, of course, right. avocados, all the things that you naturally expect. But what's really amazing, I think, for people who pick up my book and like it's caused their jaws to drop are foods that you wouldn't expect. Beer is really one of the foods that's been studied by researchers recently to discover some remarkable benefits, actually lower risk of kidney cancer by about 30%, people who drink beer, lower risk of death from heart attack, people who drink moderate amounts, you know, small to moderate amounts right. of beer, like a, like a beer a day kind of thing. Um, uh, and what's in beer that's actually beneficial? Well, it turns out that it's not the alcohol. I want to underscore that. There's nothing about an alcoholic drink. The alcohol of these drinks don't aren't good for you. Like red wine is good for you, but it's not the alcohol. Similarly for beer, what happens is beers produced by you know using barley and hops. When uh, hops are fermented, it produces a natural chemical called xanthohumeral. It's a tongue twister, but what mm-hmm. this xanthohumeral does is it actually um, gets into the liquid that we drink as beer. So non-alcoholic beer will have the same benefits. It cuts off the blood supply, feeding cancers, and it actually activates our stem cells, which can help protect and regenerate and repair our hearts. So, uh, you know, it's not about the beer belly, it's, which really, you know, comes from the, the alcohol, really. But it's that if you're going to drink beer, there are some benefits that, that have been scientifically studied as well. So now men will say on the weekends, it's uh, xanthohumeral time instead of Miller time. <laughs> <laughs> but, Something like that, or, or you know, have your xanthohumeral with the ball game, right? So, um, 
Uh, That's yes. funny. I mean, look, this is why we need research yes. that is really uh, able to clear the field from all the confusion that's out there. Part of the reason I wrote this book is that I got confused as much as anyone else about, you know, this food or this diet being life-saving uh, today, and then next week I get whiplash because, you know, the news reports are completely um, in, in other direction. So I write about these foods based on my background as a doctor and as a scientist, right. and I cite more than 600 references. So, you know, they're they're all solid. I know this. What about this latest fad, the intermittent fasting diet where people skip breakfast, which, by the way, was once considered the most important meal of the day for decades. Are you a breakfast eater or should we avoid it? Well, you know, I, I think that, <clears throat> first of all, let, let's back up for a second to say intermittent fasting uh, is activates one of our bodies, you know, probably uh-huh. evolutionary ways to protect itself because, you know, primitive man didn't always find food everywhere. And so our body was is able to adjust and adapt its metabolism <clears throat> to the times when we don't find food regularly. I think it's the extreme parts that actually are not so good um, uh, in terms of like extreme fasting, uh, which is kind of a, a trend. But intermittent fasting actually is probably not so bad. So if you miss a breakfast or lunch, you know, some people even miss dinner. Um, that That's a couple of times, you know, a week. That's probably not the worst thing in right. the world. Um, actually, it causes our... Um, it actually slows cellular aging, you know, because there's nothing worse for the body than to stuff us to the gills. I mean, if you think about it, like, you know, the thank- the the the, the uh, image of the Thanksgiving turkey that's overstuffed, if we do that to our body, our cells, you know, we age faster, we decline faster, every possible illness, you know, is more likely to actually take place compared to if we actually don't. Uh, eat so much. You know, in Japan, they actually have this saying where they say, when you get about 80% full, stop. So leave the party at the table before it's over. Yeah, I always say, eat till you're satisfied, not full. I think that's that's uh, exactly. definitely that's definitely a good word. Yeah, I've tried the uh, you know skipping breakfast. What I do is very physical, and I'm just miserable. So, uh, you know, I'm I'm a big advocate of you know small breakfast. But again, uh, you know, a lot of these people eat this huge, gigantic meal to compensate at the end of the day and go to bed with a belly filled with food. And as you said. Stuffing it too much is just the, the big thing. The one thing I have a lot of experts coming on the show saying that fruit should be avoided because it contains sugar, which causes inflammation, leads to disease. Are you a fan of eating fruit? Yeah, so yes, I am. And I will give you the scientific reason why. Um, uh, again, I think that the mythology that's out there, uh, even among, you know, the, the medical guys who are, you know, kind of uh, talking about this in right. the way that you just mentioned is really a misinterpretation. Look, the average person who is very healthy, uh, the, uh, the body is hardwired to be able to take in natural sugars, which are found in fruits and vegetables, and completely use them for our health. Like our cells need sugar, all right? If we deprived ourselves of sugar like completely, uh, we wouldn't be able to function very well. On the other hand, the problem that is existing is that a, there's a lot of added refined sugar in our diet. Processed foods are famous for this. You know, you take a look at anything that's out there in a grocery store, it's in a box or in a bag, look at the ingredients, and you'll see just how much sugar they're in. Um, Sugar-sweetened beverages. I mean, Jesus, if you take a look at the back of, you know, a soda, you see how much sugar there there is in there. It's unbelievable. That can overwhelm the body's ability to handle sugar. So think about, I tell people, think about like a kitchen sink with a drain. When you turn on a reasonable amount of water, the drain will handle it and the, the water won't build up. But if you, and that's like sugar that goes into your body, your body processes it, uses it for the cells. If you actually turn on the fire hydrant 
level spigot, you'll quickly overwhelm the drain, uh, overwhelm the drain, and the sink will fill up and spill all over the floor. That's what happens when you put too much added sugar in. It's at that level you get the inflammation. Right. It's not at regular levels. And fruit sugar is different from refined sugar. So eating fruit has a lot of other good things along with the natural sugars that actually benefit your health. Net, net, fruits are good for you. Exactly, in my opinion. Uh, I said a big word I want before we let you go. The, uh, the angiogenesis, a lot of people heard that in the beginning. Share with us, uh, what is that and why is it so important? I know you're an expert in this. Right. Well, so look, I, you know, I, I run an organization, a nonprofit called the Angiogenesis Foundation. I've been doing it for 25 years. Angiogenesis is an amazing process of how our body grows blood vessels. Most people don't know that we've got 60,000 miles worth of blood vessels packed inside our bodies that bring oxygen and nutrients, including what we eat, to every cell in the body. It's one of our body's defense systems, and it's a common denominator for health. And so people who haven't heard about angiogenesis, pay attention. This field is going to actually help us to beat cancer, heart disease, dementia, blindness, arthritis, a whole series of diseases by helping our blood vessels stay normal. Wow. Interesting stuff. In the minute we have left, there's anything else I didn't cover? Anything you want to uh, share about eat to beat disease? Well, you know, um, there's so much information in my book. I'm encouraging your listeners to get my book, and you can get it at Amazon or any place that books are sold. Or come to my website to get more information. It's at www.drdrwilliamleeli.com, drdrwilliamleeli.com. Or follow me on social. I'm on Facebook, Twitter, uh, Instagram, and I'm at drdrwilliamleeli. Would love to be able to connect with uh, your listeners and, you know, continue the conversation, uh, you know, um, uh, on, in an ongoing way. Yeah, that's great. You shared us some great information, debunked some myths. I love that. I think our listeners' mouth dropped a few times, especially the men that are saying, aha, see, honey, I can have beer. I think that's the one the men noticed the most, but it was great information, <laughs> and uh, thanks for being here. And to learn more about Dr. Lee or to get his latest book, Eat to Beat Disease, as he mentioned, go to drwilliamlee.com, and his last name is spelled L-I, and while there, be sure and sign up and get your exclusive Eat to Beat Disease free shopping guide to help you strengthen your body's five immune systems and starve off disease. And you can follow Dr. Lee on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Dr. William Lee. For my daily Facebook and Twitter post, I'm at Dr. David Friedman. On Instagram, follow me at Dr. D. Friedman. If you heard Dr. Lee share something today that somebody you know would benefit from hearing, send them a link to this podcast. It's available to YouGoodHealthRadio.com or RadioMD.com and peruse our podcast library and share these segments with friends family and co-workers and on social media this information is too important to keep to yourself sharing is caring you can also subscribe to future podcasts on iHeartRadio and itunes more to come stay tuned and stay well